you're thinking about selling this year, there are some things you need to do to get ready. I'm Julie Jones. And I'm David Bain. With Remax Metro. And the Real Property St. Pete podcast. So, a lot of conversation with people who have been concerned that maybe they missed the market. They should have sold over the last two years where properties were selling in seven days or three days or two days, or there was multiple offers. And they missed all that because we're not really having that now, right? They did miss the market. <laughs> <laughs> they missed that market. <laughs> That's a great point. Yes. They missed that market. And so now we're going to talk about what this market is. So we're excited today because we're going to begin our series on how to sell your house in 2023. In the past couple of years, uh, I would say you could just throw your house on the market and let's see what happens. But yep. times are changing. Right. There was competition. We've doubled inventory in the last year. So, you know, there's competition, there's negotiation. And, and like we've said before, we're trying to catch the emotion of the buyer. We're trying to drag them in where they want the property. That's so important. It really is the key to selling. Something has to be a draw, a pull. <laughs> so let's talk about what to do to prepare to sell. Number one, it's important to identify repairs that are needed and make a plan. Right. You don't want the house to look neglected. No. Because that's the message. Right. You have repairs that are outstanding, that stick out, that people can see. They're like, why didn't they fix that? You know, it is a conversation I know both you and I are having with sellers is in addition to things that stick out, repairs are super important for insurance reasons in our market. Required. So, right. Not to go too far deep on that, but there are some minimum repair requirements in order to for the buyer of your home to be able to get insurance. That's true, but we're really trying to talk about what emotionally grabs them. And you don't want to turn them off with something that's clearly wrong with the house. Right. So for example, what? Like I was in a house, it was a step down from uh, some hardwood flooring, some nice flooring that stepped down into a tile patio and like the lip of the step down was coming off nice. and the screen door was broken. It wouldn't close. Hmm. It's like, so you walk up to the house, the house is spectacular, but you walk up to the house, the screen door is broken. I mean, that's turned somebody off. They're like, well, if they've neglected to do the screen door on the front door, what else have they not fixed? Right. I mean, that's the wrong message. It sure is. The front of the home is your first impression, and you make a good point that that better be top-notch. Yeah. I mean, if there are repairs that are sticking out and are obvious and you know it, you should have your realtor come and take a look because they you've gotten used to that thing not working. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've walked through that door a million times. You're glad the screen door doesn't work because you don't have to open it. <laughs> but the buyer walks up. They're like, why didn't they fix the screen door? <laughs> so anyway, so repairs. You're right on target. Right. Make a plan. Have your realtor come, David or Julie. Right. Come take a look at your list of things that you've known need to be taken care of. Everybody's got one of those lists. Sure, sure. But you've been neglecting it. And, and you should have your realtor come. Julie or me or whoever else is a good, fine realtor can come and take an objective look at your house and say, okay, they can even cross stuff off your list. They can say, that's not going to make a difference to a buyer. Right. I had some clients recently who were considering selling and they knew they needed to uh, do a lot of things to prepare. And also we were looking at where are they going to go? And 
they had a list that they came up with of things that they knew had never been done on the home that were bothering them. And we actually made that list into a priority level one, two, and three, which was level one is this has to be done before you get on the market. Two was you can continue working on these things. And level three was if you can get to this, great. And if not, we'll see if a buyer will accept it or if it'll come up during inspections. Or if they'll even notice it. Exactly. Right. And is it going to keep people from buying the house? Right. Yes. Always the definitions. So identify repairs and make a plan. Mm -hmm. That's number one. Number two, declutter and clean. Make your home feel spacious. Indeed. Everybody has a lot of stuff and they feel good about their stuff. (laughs) Well, I think also, like you mentioned three, the rule of three. So if you have a console table or, um, you know, any place with decor items, Try to narrow them down from seven or eight that you have to two or three items on that surface. Right. Try to clear off your kitchen countertops. Mm-hmm. You want to show off the floors and you want to show off the counters. Oh, that's a really good point. Sometimes people have way too many rugs and it's hiding the floors that might be an asset to the home. Mm-hmm. And when you see a lot of floor space, you feel like the house is bigger. So everybody wants to buy a home that feels like, I don't care that it's 1,200 square feet. It feels big. It lives bigger. I like the layout of it. I think um, one of the things that stands out regularly for me is people have a lot of occasional tables. (laughs) Right, for their drink. (laughs) For their drinks, for their books, for their magazines, for whatever's going on. And so that's one thing I would say when you go into each of your rooms of your home as you're preparing for sale, identify, is there a wall with too much furniture? And see if there are some pieces you can eliminate to create some wall space. So you mentioned floor space, but also wall space. Mm -hmm. So Are there smaller pieces of furniture that can be moved out? stored in the garage or in storage mm-hmm. that would make a more spacious appeal. Yeah. I mean, you want to be able to move through the home. I had a listing one time where there was a grandfather clock in the entry hall. Yes, I saw that. <laughs> it smacked you right when you walked in the door. It's hard to get by that thing. People are like, why does it feel cramped right here? <laughs> Sometimes you live with things that are not... um that are convenient for how you want to live. But when you go to sell... There's some changes that are often needed. And things you love. Right. I mean, they love the clock. It's great. And I I get it. It's beautiful. Did that clock get moved? No. (laughs) So anyway, moving on. Declutter and clear out. Make your home feel spacious. That was our point. The next item is depersonalize. So everybody's got those family photos, your and vacation you, pictures. And the buyers like to see if they know you. That's right. They want to know. Community. I know them. I know these people. I've seen her before. And when they're doing that, they're not looking at the house. They're not. They're distracted. Yep. It's annoying. So one of the big parts of staging is to depersonalize your personal photos so that the home can be opened up in the buyer's mind for them to live there. Right. If you have a heavy um, table covered in personal photos, it's more difficult for someone else to envision themselves there. Yeah, they run out of time to look at the house because they're looking at the photos. <laughs> or otherwise, they might be looking at you know all of your books. You may have uh, you know a thousand books on a bookshelf. They're like, and they want to read the spine of the books or any other collection for that matter. Artwork that's uh, uh I don't want to say maybe shocking. You know, some kind of artwork that people are like, wow, this thing is fantastic. I mean, you know, 
and they spend a lot of time looking at your artwork. You really want to genericize the house, but make it look hip and cool and up to date. Great. So depersonalizing is an important factor for getting ready for sale. Next, paint where it needs it most. Easiest thing to do. It sure is. And it's funny because oftentimes when I go into a house, I'll pull out, have you seen or met the magic eraser? <laughs> Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sometimes if you're not prepared to paint, just pulling out the magic eraser and erasing fingerprints on doorways um, next to door handles can go a long way from even touching the paint up. Mm-hmm. Right, right. We're not the first people to say that paint is the cheapest and easiest way to update a property. But I mean, if you have like a green room that's like dark green or dark burgundy or whatever, I mean, the, these colors are, are are just, they're they're overwhelming. Right. And so if you can paint one room and neutralize it, I mean, it's absolutely the cheapest thing you can do is paint a room. Right. And it makes a huge difference. It does. I feel like baseboards make a big difference also. And if you've lived in your home for a number of years and they haven't been painted, touching up the baseboards and painting those can go a long way for making your home feel clean. Those are some details that make people feel like you have taken care of the home. It's a crazy association, but if it looks good, then the AC must be new and the roof must be in good shape. And it really goes down to cleanliness. It's funny because I actually yesterday made an offer on a property and our offer was low. And I'll tell you one of the main reasons why is the home presented very dirty. And so my clients um, didn't want to have to pay because they were going to have to clean it up. So taking some extra time and elbow grease can help put more money back in your pocket. You know what else really helps? What? If the seller just moves out. And I know that's unrealistic, but at the same time, it's not. I mean, if if there is a situation and somebody knows they're going to be moving out, you know, that's the advice that stagers give you. If you know you're moving, pack your stuff up. Right. You're going to have to pack it eventually anyway. Right. Go ahead and put it all in a box. Look, I think that's a good point. Even if you can't move out, depersonalizing, which is, you know, one of the things we talked about a second ago. And Putting all of those things away that grab people's attention really helps go a long way. Yeah, and it, and it clears up the area. And, and I think that's it also prepares you as a seller mentally to be ready to move. So you're already passing through that process of, oh, I got to put all this stuff away. I guess I'm going somewhere else. I mean, that is that is an emotional part of what a seller has to deal with. I love that point. So we talk about depersonalize and paint where it needs it most. The next thing you should be doing is set the stage, make it feel like a home. One of the things that you like talking about, David, is outdoor space, maybe setting up like a vignette outside so that people can envision themselves there. Yeah. At a minimum, get the junk out of the backyard. I mean, if you've got a lawnmower or if you've got some stuff back there or you haven't mulched or you need to do what, I mean, we are outdoor living here in Florida. And you need to make that outdoor space feel uh, tropical, luxurious, relaxing, private. Inviting. Inviting. I mean, people want to be able to go out the back door and enjoy the outdoors. Our weather's fantastic, especially this time of year. And we're selling that. People move here to get that outdoor living experience. Right. Maybe patio furniture that's been freshened up, freshen up some flowers. 
So set the stage, make your property feel like home. The next point is keep it clean. So boy, you can get prepared for sale, but we've been talking about days on market extending. And so you get ready for sale and then maybe 30, 45 days, you're still on the market. Mm -hmm. So you need to continue to keep it clean. And that's might be a daily thing. I haven't experienced this lately, but I've experienced it many times where people have like cooked a meal Mm -hmm. that day. And you have a showing that day and it smells like bacon. <laughs> well, I don't know that that would be bad. I, right, it's kind of like baking cookies. Cookies might be okay. <laughs> if your house smells like it's had a meal prepared in it and it's the remnants of that, it's just not a great feeling for a buyer as they come in. Right. It can be tricky to keep your home clean while you're living in it and it's yeah. for sale, but it's the most important part. Some clients I was speaking to yesterday have been looking for property in North Florida and they put their house on the market this week. And they said one of the most astounding things to them when they're looking at other properties is how dirty the other homes are that are looking at. And look, they're not choosing those for that reason. So cleanliness is a huge impact on whether a buyer is going to want to live in your home. Yeah. And, you know, the cardinal sin, smoking. Yes. I mean, it is the cardinal sin. If you smell smoke in your house, it's it's a problem. It really turns them off. One of the things that I don't like seeing or smelling is um, people's garbage. And so that'd be another point to make sure you clean your garbage can and take your trash out regularly when you're going to have showings. And I know these things seem small, but you're wasting a showing. If you have not taken the garbage out, cleaned your house, and gotten ready, you have wasted a buyer coming to your house. Yes. I mean, I hate to be so harsh about that, but that's a fact. Good. So we've talked a lot about preparing the home for sale and what to do. Let's talk about if you have some money in your budget to make some renovations. How to make the most of that money. Right. What do you think are the things that should be focused on for sellers? Well, I think repairs are first. I mean, if you have something, you want to stop the negative impact where there's repairs because then people start taking discounts off the house for things that they can clearly see need to be fixed. That's absolutely number one. But let's say we have a fun budget. Right. Where should that money go? You know, I mean, paint is the easiest. We talked about that. And yeah, so let's talk about that. Neutral colors. Yes. Right now for 2023 white or light beige is in right and have a professional do it don't do it i mean you, you got to be careful about doing it yourself you want it to look professional not sloppy or you better be a good cutter in her that's right <laughs> so you know those that's that's low-hanging fruit I always feel like repairs paint low-hanging fruit things that are broken that's that's easy stuff but you know let's talk about the fun money um what's i mean Flooring, I think, is a huge thing. It is because it's it's tricky to get past if the flooring doesn't match. Yeah. I mean, we've stood in places and houses where you can see four different floors. Right. The kitchen, the hallway, the bedroom, and the living room. You're standing there. You're like, they're all different. It's a major objection. It is. It's very confusing for people. It, it, it's about flow. Yes. I mean, the house doesn't flow if you have different floors in every room. Right. So that's first. I think that's one of the best payoffs. Great. Um, I think appliances can go a long way. Having matching appliances in the kitchen. Yes. 
instead of mismatched stainless steel, white, black. Yeah, I, I agree. I think stay, I think I think the appliances make people feel like they can at least move in, use the appliances. They look good. They're brand new. I mean, maybe we'll replace the countertops at some point. Maybe we'll do some um, cabinets somewhere down the line. But we've got new appliances. Right. So, and then let's go outside, right, with mm. this conversation. Yes, yes. I mean, a pavered patio. Yes. I mean, some new pavers out there, a place to stand, sit. I mean, you know, just, I mean, even if you don't have a pool, you want a clean place to sit, put some chairs out, and just a pavered patio is nice. I mean, you can do whatever, fix the screening on the screen porch, change the flooring of the screen porch. I think the outside space is imperative. Also, adding some landscaping. Sometimes you can easily add $200 of landscaping to just freshen things up. Yeah. I mean, here we're talking about two to $4,000 tops. Right. Right. So, I mean, you know, in two to $4,000, you can turn your backyard into something spectacular. And, and let, let's talk about the difference that somebody's going to pay. You know, you, you're talking about five to $10,000 in purchase price difference. So somebody who loves it and has an outdoor space that they can absolutely move into and go outside and have a picnic right away. So what about kitchens and bathrooms? Well, I think your appliances point is the best one. Great. Yeah, I do. I mean, you know, cabinets are expensive. Counters are also kind of specific. The countertop, you know, do you like this or that? The different types of granite quartz, whatever. I mean, it's expensive to do. I mean, it's it. Then you're talking ten thousand dollars. I mean, right. cabinets are thirty thousand dollars. I mean, there's so much money in that situation that you know, just buying the appliance packages for five to six thousand bucks, putting it in, hardly any work involved hardly any labor involved and you put in a new stainless steel pies package. So let's circle back around. We've talked about a lot. Preparation is the key to success in real estate. We made a good list, identify repairs and make a plan, declutter and clean, make your home feel spacious to personalize all those personal pictures and collections, paint where it needs it most, set the stage and make, it feel like a home to someone so they can feel welcome and anybody keep, keep it clean. Indeed. Indeed. I, th this is all great advice. And you know, it, hire a great realtor who can come over and be a consultant during that time, during that preparation time, the realtors walk in and out of houses every single day. They know what sells and what doesn't. There's no better person to ask than a good realtor. Um, and I think you should respect that relationship. If somebody comes in and helps you figure that stuff out, you should hire them. You should have them be your realtor. They have lots of great um, contributions to make to the sale process. This is just the first one. Well, and that's really important because if money is important to you, preparation is the key. Indeed. You're going to get the most money. Right. And, and good realtors recommend the value plays. What do what buyers like and where to spend the money? I mean, that's, I mean, it's huge. Well, that's a great um, wrap up for this section of what it's going to be like selling in 2023. Are there any other sections we're going to cover in the next episodes? We are. You'll have to listen in to see. Like maybe the actual selling process and marketing process. What happens? 
once you are on the market, you know, now we're on the market, what's going to happen? What do we need to do? Yes. And then what happens when you get a contract? How do you survive that? Yes. How do you get the closing? Well, great. So we'll be talking about that next. We hope you'll listen in. On Real Property St. Pete Podcast. This is Julie Jones. And I'm David Van. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful day.